Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. What's believed to be the world's most complete Hebrew Bible will be put up for auction this May in New York. It's 1,100 years old and it's expected to raise anything up to $50 million. But before that, it's going to be put on display in various locations around the world. Sharon Mintz is a senior consultant of Hebrew scripts and manuscripts at Sotheby's. Good afternoon, Sharon. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to join you. Uh, So could you say, I suppose people would have heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls, for instance. What's the difference between the Dead Sea Scrolls and this? That's perfect. That's the best lead in line I've had. Um, The Dead Sea Scrolls are a a group of biblical uh, fragments, portions of the Bible, that were found around the year 1947 in caves outside uh, the Judean hills in the Judean desert. And they are what's considered the earliest, largest corpus of biblical books and fragments. But we do not have a complete Bible amongst these these manuscripts. What we have are portions of books of the Bible. Every book of the Bible is represented there, except for the book of Esther. And what's significant is that after the time of the Dead Sea Scrolls, after that period, which ends at around the year 200, um, we have no Hebrew Bibles, nothing at all, no codices, until around the year 900, when Codex Sassoon emerges, and we have it as a witness to the text of the Hebrew Bible. So what's what's important here is that in the Dead Sea Scrolls, we don't do not have uh, vowels, we do not have cantillation marks, there are no chapters, and there's, it's very difficult to read the text because a Hebrew is written without vowels. And unless you put the vowel points in, you, you can't, the same three letters could mean five different things. Oh. In Codex Sassoon, which was written in, in, in around the year 900, it's, it's not specifically dated, but it has a carbon dating. And scholars believe that it's written circa 900. We have the first most complete example of the Hebrew Bible written with vowel points and cantillation marks and a series of notes in the upper and lower margin. And this presents to us a standardized, stabilized text of the Hebrew Bible after a gap of 700 years from the Dead Sea Scrolls to this. So we move from scroll to codex, a book format, and we move from a text which is not completely uh, um uh, this, which is not as accurate or 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 complete, certainly not as complete, to a a complete Hebrew Bible. It's astonishing. Where was this book originally found, or uh, are there theories as to where it was created? Yes. So scholars uh, compare the script of this book to other manuscripts of the period, and they think it was created either in the land of Israel or in Syria. Um, both both are areas under Islamic rule at that period, so it's the same geopolitical uh, sphere. And we know that the book has a note that it was dedicated to a synagogue in Makisin. The name of the town now is Markada, and it's in northeast Syria, on the Khyber River. And this dedication happened about 300 years after the book was written. So we know that whether it was written in in Syria or the land of Israel, um, it was in northeast Syria. This town was apparently destroyed and the book was given into uh, guardianship of an individual, uh, Salama, there's a note there, uh, that says that he is required to look after it and guard and safe keep it until such times the synagogue will be rebuilt. 
but the synagogue in the town of Makisin was never rebuilt, and as a result, we lose track of where this book is for about 500 years. Hmm. The next time we find this book, it is in the collection of David Solomon Sassoon. He was a he was living in England. He was from the famous Baghdadi, uh, Bombay uh, Jewish family that had moved from those areas to uh, London. And uh, he was offered this book for sale in 1929. So for 500 years, we don't actually know where the book is, uh, which is interesting because it's a, it's a book of, of signal importance. Um, yeah. Um, when Sassoon then bought it in 1929, did he immediately know what it was he had and, and its significance? He knew. he knew. David Sassoon was a very erudite collector. He wrote a catalogue of, of all, you know, uh, 1,000 and... 1,053 books in, in one catalog, and then he continued collecting, and he already wrote that it was a 10th century Bible. We know that he paid more for this manuscript than all but four other manuscripts in his vast and important collection. He was, he was the most important collector of Hebrew manuscripts in the 20th century, and arguably, some might say, in the world. Yeah. Are, are there any clues as to who originally created this codex? You know, there wasn't a name of, of whoever would have transcribed it or whatever. You're, normally, manuscripts do have paragraphs at the end where the scribe notes where he wrote it and when and for whom. This book does not include such a paragraph so that we don't have the name of the scribe. It would have been a very talented Jewish scribe who would have taken about a year or two to write over 792 pages of text. That's how many pages of text there are. And it's very beautifully written on sheepskin, parchment. Uh, which will last forever and, and has over a millennia, uh, but we don't have his exact name. Okay, that is a shame. Are there any pages missing from it? There are. Um, there are 13 chapters missing in total from this book. There are 929 chapters in the Hebrew Bible. Hebrew Bible is composed both of the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, that is, prophets and writings. And of those 929 Chapters 13 are missing, 10 in the beginning, and three a little bit thereafter. So the book is almost complete. The first complete Hebrew Bible is not dated till about a century later, the year 1008. Yeah. Now, this, as, as I mentioned in the introduction, I think it's going to go on display in London and then do a kind of a tour of the world. Is that, is that correct? Yes, it, it is. I'm sitting here in the Sotheby's office on New Bond Street in London, and it is on display uh, until tomorrow evening, Tuesday evening. It has been had record crowds. People have come from all over to see it. And London is the first place that we are brought it on view, which is appropriate because David Sassoon lived in London and we're excited to be presenting it here first. Um, from March 22nd to 30th, it's going to be in Israel. Then it's going to come back to New York. It'll be on display in Los Angeles and Texas and finally in New York right before its sale, May 7th to the 16th. Crikey, that's a, that's a bit of a trip. What kind of physical condition is it is? Do you have to make very special arrangements about being able to transport it and indeed uh, how you display it? Well, um, parchment is a very durable material and and it's it's hard to um, it's in it's in remarkably good condition. I should say it's not like paper that's falling apart. It's very very strong. It's been repaired over the years. David Sassoon rebound it, so it's in a very sound binding. It's in its own acid-free box, and then we wrap that in plastic, and then we wrap that in Tyvek, and then we put it in a specially made case, 
and we bring security. That's the most important point. Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't have to carry it myself, but it travels very easily. Books books travel well. They're not, you know, they they they're in bindings and and they're wrapped up in a case and it's not that complicated. Okay, well let's uh, let's hope it stays safe. Uh, uh, thank you so much for speaking with us today, Sharon. That was uh, Sharon Mintz there, a senior consultant on Hebrew scripts at Sotheby's. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.